This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 22nd, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. What makes the Danes so happy? 60 Minutes suggests that Denmark, reputed to be the happiest place on earth, might be happy because of citizens' diminished expectations and their efficient welfare state. But is Denmark the exception or the rule? Libertarian happy warrior and Cato Institute policy analyst Will Wilkinson comments. What is the value of having cross-nation comparisons of happiness? Well, it's useful to try to measure things like happiness. Um, We can measure things like wealth in a fairly accurate sort of way. Even that's difficult. Um, But what people really want to know is how people are doing under different kinds of institutions. And so it's nice to try to come up with some metrics that uh, give us some idea about what the quality of life is in different places. Um, Now, the method of giving people surveys that ask them how happy they are is uh, fraught with a lot of problems and a lot of complexities. Um, It's not the case that everybody in every culture has the same notion of happiness. So if you ask them about how happy they are, they might just be interpreting the word a little bit differently. And there's some evidence of that. Um, And also different cultures just have different norms about how to talk about your emotions and about what emotions you ought to be feeling at some time. So for instance, all the Latin American cultures are a little bit happier than you would expect given their average level of wealth, given political instability, given you know the quality of their institutions, whereas um, most Asian cultures are less happy than you'd expect, given their uh, you know, level of wealth and the quality of their institutions. And these seem to just reflect cultural differences in the way people talk about their feelings. In uh, this 60 Minutes piece, there were many ideas thrown around for why Danes are happy people, and one of them was low expectations. Well, that's a, that's, that's a, that's, that's probably true. Uh, that, that whether, how happy you say you are. So this, these survey questions just say, you know, taking your whole life into account, how would you say you're doing these days? How happy would you say you're doing these days? Uh, now people's answers to those questions are, are very, very sensitive to how well they expect to be doing. Um, that's, um, that gives rise to some sort of moral objections to things like happiness surveys as a way of measuring quality of life. There's uh, something that philosophers sometimes call the, the happy slaves phenomenon, where if you're sort of enslaved or if you're a subjugated woman in a patriarchal society, you may not conceive of possibilities outside of that sort of lowly station. So you'll be like, oh yeah, I've got a great master or that my husband only beats me on alternate Tuesdays. Uh, and so you, you might think you're doing pretty well, even though you're in objectively demeaning circumstances. Uh, now, Danes certainly aren't in objectively demeaning circumstances. They live in one of the objectively most successful countries in the world. Um, but they seem to have a culture that doesn't encourage people to have really you know, super ambitious expectations. And so they always seem to be slightly surprised and pleasantly surprised that they're doing as well as they are, all things considered. America is in large part based on having high expectations and dreams and going out and uh, trying to achieve them at whatever cost you want to achieve them. But the U.S. uh, is 
according at least according to these surveys, ranks considerably lower. Well, I mean, one of the things to think about when you're looking at the ranking in the U.S. is something that I call the uh, United Nations fallacy, which is the idea that uh, any two nation states are uh, logically comparable simply because they're recognized as nation states by the United Nations. Uh, Denmark is about the size of Minnesota or Arizona population-wise. The United States of America has, so that's about five and a half million people. The United States is about 300 million people, and it contains a huge amount of diversity within it. So when you're getting that, the score for average happiness in the United States, you're actually averaging over a huge amount of diversity. It would be very similar to averaging over all the happiness scores of all the different European countries. Uh, the standard of living in Mississippi is a lot different from the standard of living in Connecticut. And so it's given that diversity, it's actually surprising that the U.S. comes out as high as it does. So the homogeneity of the Danish population sort of hel helps it in surveys. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the smallness and homogeneity of the population it, it certainly has some effect. Um, your, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure if you went to Minnesota, which has got a similar size and a not dissimilar cultural milieu, you'd find very, very similar uh, answers to life satisfaction surveys. Um, the, uh, now, the, the homogeneity of Denmark also helps enable a very, very large welfare state. Uh, it's very popular there. People support it. People endorse it. Uh, that oh, the level of redistribution that they're able to achieve, um, I'm sure, does help sort of help, does help diminish some of the anxieties of a lot of the people in Denmark. Uh, and that is um, probably has something to do with the level of their score. But again, that may be a side effect of a kind of uh, ethnic and cultural homogeneity that enables the political feasibility of very redistributive programs. For somebody who would like to argue for higher taxation, and they see a culture in the Danish of lowered expectations, in part possibly due to high taxes, that would seem to give you a, a decent argument in favor of higher taxes to lower everyone's expectations and maybe make them happier. Well, I think it's really worth emphasizing when you're trying to point to what it is that's making Denmark happy, is that well, a lot of people think countries like Denmark are a kind of counterexample to the idea that uh, wealthy countries are happier. They're not a counterexample. They're, in fact, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And in fact, a good way to characterize Denmark would be to think of it as Hong Kong with a giant welfare state. It is one of the most economically free and innovative countries in the world as well. So it's, it scores, uh, let's see, 11 on the Heritage Foundation Economic Freedom Index. It gets a perfect score for labor market flexibility. Uh, it gets uh, very high scores for trade openness. It is a free market capitalist system. Uh, that's The economic organization is somewhat separate from the level of taxation and redistribution. Uh, and so in, 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 in the things that show up again and again in happiness studies is correlating very highly with average levels of happiness are things like GDP per capita, uh, in which Denmark is seventh in the world. There are things like economic freedom, where Denmark scores incredibly high. 
um, you'd find no correlation between the level of redistribution in a society. You see no general correlation uh, between uh, the level of inequality and happiness. Uh, now, I actually think that the low inequality in Denmark probably does have something to do with the sense of social peace and stability there. Um, but the the determinants that show up in the broad surveys that correlate most strongly across countries with uh, with happiness are things like wealth and economic freedom, where Denmark do very does very very well. Will Wilkinson is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute and managing editor of Cato Unbound. You can read his analysis in pursuit of happiness research at cato.org.